So my name is Elise Goodman, um, and I'm a sophomore at the University of Iowa, and it's my pleasure of speaking with Chris Carr. So um, Chris, for those who don't know you or your work, how would you introduce yourself? That's such a wonderful question. Um, you know, I used to introduce myself with all of my accomplishments, you know, and uh, because that, that makes it easy for people to put you in a box that they understand. And now I, I move more towards saying that I'm a wellness warrior and I'm a cancer survivor and I'm a revolutionary. Absolutely. Beautiful. So um, what is the greatest thing living with cancer has taught you? And what are the most important lessons that you would share with just a healthy 20-year-old college student like me? I think that the greatest thing cancer has taught me was to just go for it. You know, that saying that you might have heard people say, like, oh, don't worry so much. You know, what are you waiting for? Or don't, you relax, it's not cancer, right? And then when it is cancer and when it became something that for me is an incurable disease that I live with, the small stuff that I was sweating um, kind of didn't really have the same hold on me. So, and, and just to the point of career dreams or um, goals for my future, there's a lot of, oh, I can't do that, or I shouldn't do that, or it'll never happen, or oh gosh, I'm dreaming too big there. And I think that coming face to face with my potential, um, all of our mortalities, taught me to say, go for it, just do it. What are you waiting for? You have nothing to lose. You know, writing a book, that's not scary. Um, making a film, that's not scary. Creating a movement or a revolution like, or a community or whatever it is that you want to do is, is all within your reach. I think that what cancer, again, taught me is, and this, this answer is unfolding as I go, um, so join me on the ride. I love it. <laughs> um, is that our thinking thinking is what holds us back all of our negative chatter about how good you are or how bad you are or you know whether you compare to somebody else else whether you stack up whether you measure that's the stuff that gets in your way the most and that's the stuff that dissolved pretty quickly when I got the news um, and then so what I decided to do was well if I might die it's probably a good time to start living it made a lot of sense and then I started to kick serious ass <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So your diagnosis has been the catalyst for a new life's work. Um, what has this journey taught you about turning your passion into a career? Don't let me forget to answer your other part of the question, which is how, what are some advice for health, um, for 20-somethings, for college, fabulous people. Oh. I'll answer this one first, though. Um, you know, without your passion, without without that drive and that desire, I kind of feel like, what's the point? If you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. And if you can find something that you truly love that gives you oxygen, um, it's going to just sail. I was in different careers before, and it was like, there were moments of glory, and there were moments that I felt really inspired. But for the most part, it was a big struggle. And therefore, the doors didn't just fly open. I had to come with my metaphoric crowbar and, you know, work so hard. Um, and then when I started to do something that I was really passionate about, it all changed. Because at the end of the day, you're going to work long hours. 
I mean, to design a life where you think that you can have endless amounts of time and an abundance amount of money and, and um, you know, everything going your way exactly the way you want it isn't necessarily realistic, right? I, I think that balance is key, and I talk about balance in an active way. If you really want balance, you got to get really active because it's not going to just happen, right? And so um, without that passion, without that fire, it's hard to stay motivated. And it's hard to really see your, your vision happen because I think, for me, I'm a spiritual marathon runner. I need to warm up. I need to give myself time. I need to go the distance. I need to stay focused and committed. And um, passion is what drives all of that. It also helps me make decisions because I think the more successful you get, the more there's a lot of things coming at you. And, and even when you're not successful, there's a lot of distractions coming at you. And passion helps you make those decisions. Like, do I really want this? And when I ask myself if I really want something, I also take into account all of the work it's going to take to get there. You know, will you can want something like, oh, I want to be a New York Times bestselling author. Great. Who wouldn't want that? But then if you backtrack and say, what will that take? That will take discipline. It will take focus. It will take me writing every day, being able to handle rejection, being able to handle um, criticism so that I course correct and I can take other people's notes, being able to do an enormous amount of research and seeing what my comps are and coming up with something different, being willing and vulnerable enough to use my own voice, because your voice is really what gets you a deal, not necessarily what you write about. Um, if you have a unique voice, slam dunk. Anybody can write. Yeah. But can you rip yourself open and allow the unique you to ooze out? So asking myself all of those questions will get me to my point of, do I want to be a New York Times bestselling author? And if I can commit to each one of those things with passion, then more than likely, I'm going to be a New York Times bestselling author. But if along the way I say, oh, gosh, I, mm, that makes me want to sleep. That gives me fatigue. I'd rather be outside playing, yeah. you know, go party with my friends. <laughs> Maybe that's not the goal for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, do you want to go back to your advice for 20 years? Yeah, I think that's a really good, a really good question. And it's a question that I wish that I asked myself when I was in my 20s um, and earlier than that because I think that I thought that everything would come into place and come together later. Mm. And I think one of the things that happens when we're young, we're so passionate, we're so hungry, we're so excited that you put things off um, like taking care of yourself or understanding self-care practices that could really enhance your performance, either mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You often think that fiber is boring, <laughs> you know, and that health, spiritual wealth, and happiness are for old people. <laughs> you know, we'll get there later. Right now, I just want to, you know, zoom. I want to fly. I want to fly so high without understanding the real tools and the real fuel that will help you to fly so high. And what I know now in my turn, moving towards my 40th year is what would have really helped me in my 20th year. And that's without a proper diet and lifestyle, if I'm not getting enough sleep, if I'm not meditating, which to me is a direct source to all of my creativity. Mm -hmm. Talk about building your dreams. 
you can't build your dreams if you don't know what they are. If there's so much chatter in your head and so much chaos that you can't get quiet and clear and direct your attention like a laser, then your dreams are always going to be just out of reach, just far away, just over the hill. Um, but at 20, I was a lot more interested in like dancing at, at bars and, and hanging out with the wrong guys and, you know, like pushing all of the boundaries as opposed to creating really healthy foundations mm -hmm. for myself so that I could then explode by the time I was 28, right? I'm, I'm taking off into my 40s because of all of the things I had to relearn. And I think that you could take off into your late 20s or mid-20s if you learn these things now. And, and they're not that hard. They're really not that hard. So here are a couple. Make juice, not war. Get yourself some green juice. Yes, I brought some with me actually. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Make some green juice and, you know, like less of the, the fake energy that comes from sodas and energy drinks and tons and tons of coffee and stuff like that. Like real energy that's going to give your brain oxygen and it's going to help you think and, and bathe your cells with um, vibrant well-being. Um, something that's so overlooked is sleeping. And I think when we're, certainly when I was younger, and I kind of feel like a granny saying this, when I was young, you know, I didn't really value sleep, but... I cannot change the world if I don't get a good night's sleep. And that's literally how I think about it. <laughs> so true. And committing to exercise. Committing to exercise and not in like a part-time way. In like a, I am a spiritual marathon runner and part of that is keeping my vessel in tune. And that means three to five days a week without fail. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are just three simple things. And you can learn so many more. but giving yourself some some discipline and a structure and a foundation as you burst onto the scene and charge forward and go for it gives you the competitive edge it really does thank you yeah. <laughs> so after creating um your successful documentary what prompted you to write crazy sexy diet and what do you think are the most important things that you want your readers to take away with Crazy Sexy Cancer, I created the books that I needed to read because I was a young woman who had just been diagnosed with a stage four disease with no cure and no treatment, and I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, and because I couldn't have chemo, surgery, radiation, and all the other things that most cancer patients rely on, I had to kind of go on the hero's journey, and so to speak, go out, figure out a new way, figure out how to boost my longevity, and stay well and stay alive. Um, and what I learned was so remarkable, and I wish that it was in school. I wish that my family taught me. I wish their families taught them. And I thought it was just so freaking important for every single person. Like, I could literally write crazy, sexy, fill in the blank. Whatever your cancer is, whatever your shit pickle is, whatever your thing is that's keeping you down in the mud, mm -hmm. um, that's what those books were. They were ways out that in, in sort of encompass the psychosocial, emotional, physical, and dietary pieces of what does it take to be happy and healthy. Um, and then when you have that information, you realize that, or I realized, that prevention is the cure. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to get sick and then email me, Chris, what do I do? Yeah. I want you to have these tools now so that you can kick butt and accomplish all the dreams that you want to accomplish. 
and also so that we could look at these rising disease rates and as a group of revolutionaries we could say we're not waiting for the government to change the guidelines we're not waiting for subsidies to change and get realistic and fair we're not waiting waiting for agribusiness and pharmaceuticals to get their butts together you know their acts together we're going to band together and change and make um, a massive movement towards health and happiness and that got me really turned on and excited and that's where Crazy Sexy Diet came from. It's just the beginning of my contribution to prevention and wellness. Um, and I guess what I want my readers to take away from it is, well, the principles. One is it's an anti-inflammatory diet and lifestyle and chronic disease is you know, created by inflammation for the most part and we need to reduce the amount of inflammation in our lives and that comes from what we're eating, what we're drinking, what we're thinking. What inflames you? What you put in your mouth, what's in your head, what comes out of your mouth, your surroundings, how can we create a life of balance and reduce the inflammation? You know, reduce the, the crap without reducing the fire. Um, and I think people think that they have to do all or nothing. We're in, we come from such a black and white society, you know, it's like, or like an allopathic method where you can cut something out, but you don't look at the whole system, the whole universe around it. And the slightest contribution makes an enormous difference, making those energy deposits instead of constant withdrawals. And it's not just about your weight or your, you know, the way you look or increasing energy. I think especially for young people, it's about this stacks you up for success in every single way. Like more than you can possibly imagine. You can have dreams, but leave room because when you get living a crazy, sexy life, you need room because you will be ridiculously surprised. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> so um, how do you find your intuition and inner voice guiding you? Um, and where do you find it most useful? And what advice do you have for people who are struggling to connect with their inner voice or their intuition? That's a great question. These questions are delicious. They really are. Um, <laughs> my inner voice is my gut wisdom. My inner voice is my inner empty. My inner voice is my best friend. I am never alone when I tap into my inner voice, no matter how dark it gets. And I've made the best decisions because I listen to my inner voice. If I didn't listen to my inner voice, I would not be alive. The first doctor that I spoke to suggested I have a triple organ transplant, so I removed both of my lungs and my liver, and didn't really have any follow-up plans after that. So if I didn't ignite the connection to that inner guide, I probably would have just gone with his advice because he had the white coat. Mm -hmm. You know, he knew more than me. I was 31 and I was like, holy crap, what do I do? You know? Um, and that, that one decision led to a landslide, a domino effect of listening mm -hmm. to myself. Um, I know when something is off and it doesn't matter who's selling me the bill of goods. I can just sit there and be like, it smells fishy. <laughs> it smells fishy. It's not right for me. And I've walked away from major deals, business deals, because my gut was just eating me alive, even though there was a ton of money on the table. Um, it was just like, don't do it, Chris. Don't do it. Okay, well, my gut knows this, so I'm going to go with it. And I think 
a very simple tool that helps me get clear and listen to this profound knowledge inside is meditation. Mm. And a lot of people are intimidated by it and we're fidgety and we're, we just want to go, go, go. And it's like, oh, what am I going to do? Is just sit there? What a waste of time. Um, I want to change the world. <laughs> I need that 20 minutes. But without that 20 minutes, you really can't. Um, and so finding a, a time of day that you prefer to uh, sit still during and committing to it during that same time every day for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, people can start with 10 and work up to 20, but it's really not a big deal to sit because what it does is it strengthens your focus and it directs your attention, and that's where all of the answers come from. Um, also, you're, you're better able to concentrate. I, I guest lecture at, at Harvard, um, kind of similar to this. This is a little more, this is a little more creative because I'm, I'm lecturing on other things. But um, when I tell the students that if they meditate, they'll have a competitive edge over mm -hmm. each other at Harvard, they're like, yeah, how to do it, right? Um, but you really do, you, you, you get so much more when you're able to tap in and into that stillness. And um, that's the biggest tip I can give you. It's so simple. You, you probably want something better, something more advanced, something more like Facebook um, <laughs> friendly. But it, it's about turning off all the technology and um, learning how to direct your attention. Well, you are an absolute inspiration to me. And um, so basically my story is that while completing my 200-hour yoga teacher training this year, I decided that um, this is what I want to do. I want to work in wellness for the rest of my life. And so I'm majoring in health promotion here at Iowa, and my dream is to be a leader in wellness like you, work with you someday, and um, have my own holistic wellness center. So in my journey so far, I've found that there are so many ways to learn about wellness um, and become credible in wellness that I could collect certifications forever. I really could so many ways to learn. So um, you have said there isn't just one school for holistic wellness. So I'm wondering what do you think are the most important ways that I can build a career in this field? That's such a good juicy question. Um, the first thing that you could do is to continue to fan that passion, you know, um, Protect it, nurture it, love it, and it will feed you tremendously because it will, it'll demand that you keep learning. The thing about a, a career in wellness is we have to stay current with all the things that change in the fields of health and, and happiness, right? And a lot of times we don't learn this from the big institutions that we get degrees from. We're learning it from people who are sort of in the trench or out in the field or taking it into a direction that um, we never thought it could go into. Um, everything that I've learned, I've, I've done a lot of certification programs and I sort of created a, an a la carte menu of learning. Um, and that's where I put my, my money because when I looked into some more, you know, traditional programs, I was already learning stuff way beyond what was offered at you know certain institutions so I started to get excited about places like PCRM Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine 
<laughs> exactly. That's how to do it. <laughs> so I, I got really avid. I became like a journalist almost, tracking down the best minds. Who, who is talking about diet and lifestyle in a way that really resonated with me? And what were they saying that um, connected to other amazing thinkers, right? Because I think when you get to be sort of at the top of your field, you realize that there's really just a handful of people. Yeah. You know, it's not the big, huge, vast ocean. Yeah. It's a handful of people that are saying similar things. Okay, well, who did they study with? And who are they continuing to mentor with? And what conferences are they going to? And all of a sudden, you, I would see all of these, like, registered dietitians and MDs at the same conferences, and I'd be like, there's that Chris Carr again. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's that crazy, sexy Chris Carr. <laughs> She's got no letters behind her name, but boy, is she teaching herself a lot, you know? And, and then, of course, you can take it further, and you could become a registered dietitian or whatever your field is. You want to teach yoga, go to, go to the best yogis mm-hmm. um, and make that effort to travel. It's the same thing with patient navigation. If you really want to live, more than likely, you're going to do yourself a huge service to get a second and third opinion because we're limited by the knowledge that that particular practitioner has. So go out, get some more opinions, and that means willing to travel, willing to go the distance. If your favorite yogi lives in San Francisco, that's where you're going to go live for a while, and you're going to apprentice under that person and keep building out from there until you create a center that is a place that you would want to go and heal. Mm. And you ask yourself, what are the things that I would want? I'd want a juice bar. I'd want the best yoga teachers. I'd want a nutritionist on staff. I would want somebody to teach me how to better manage my time because if I don't manage my time, how can I take care of myself? And then in that think tank, you're like, I know what my wellness center will be, (laughs) right? And then we keep networking, looking, searching, dreaming, and finding all those people that can help you because it's very hard to do all these things on our own. And I think the more you create a community and you buddy up and you find some friends, even in school, that share your own commitments and passions, um, you will be surprised the mountains that you can move when you are a force to be reckoned with, meaning more than one body. <laughs> yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you so much, Chris. Oh, you're so welcome. This has been so amazing. <laughs> um, did you want to hear about how I found out about you? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, basically in like July 2010, so this last summer, I was, I've been a vegan for like a year and a half now. So I was Googling best vegan blogs and I clicked on the list and Crazy Sexy Life was the first thing that came up. So I clicked it and I was at my boyfriend's house and I remember just being like, oh my God, this is incredible. This is a wellness resource. So of course I was obsessing over it and I read about you and I just kind of read everything about you and all, looked at all your interviews and um, have really just looked up to you for so long. So then I came to Iowa and um, talked to Dave about kind of trying to figure out what major I wanted to go into for my the career that I wanted to, to do. And he asked, you know, if you could choose one person to be your mentor, you would ask about their career, who would it be? And I was like, Chris Carr. <laughs> That's how this all came about. 
Oh, that's so great. That's such a wonderful story. That's, I love hearing that. It makes me very happy. I'm so glad. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my favorite things to say is that this fall I sold my Iowa, Iowa State football ticket and I got a juicer. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I got like $100 for it and I was like, I think I'm going to buy myself a juicer now. <laughs> That that's some that's see that's some forward thinking. She knows how to get the job done. This is what I need. This is what I have, <laughs> right? And I'm gonna use it. You know, crazy sexy life came together because I really wanted, I wanted to learn from my own website. I wanted to create a world that I would continue to learn from, and I no longer run that world. And I go there every day. I never know what's coming up. I I have an rough idea of the content because we usually have like 30 blogs you know, in the can waiting. Yeah. But because I work so hard and did put it, what I did out there in an authentic way, there's so many people that came out that started to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Really professional editors and copy editors and all these amazing people who also had passion similar to mine and saw that I had a platform and this just wanted to help me make it better for everybody. And be a part of something that they felt good about. And so now I go to my website in the morning first thing with my green juice and I read an article and I have to sometimes pinch myself and say, that's your website. <laughs> that's your website. But it started with what do I want to learn? What do, what really would motivate me? What inspires me? And I often actually say this mantra, I've talked about it before, but I, kind of forgot it until this moment. It's just in me by now. Does it tire you or does it inspire you? I love that. It's like energy gain or energy leak. That's one of my favorites too. That's it. That's it. And and I think that as you build the life that you want, I mean, in the beginning, you got to do some stuff that tires us. I mean, yeah. it's just the way it is. You got to do pay your dues. But I think it's a fine line. And um, being back to that sort of like getting really clear, um, <laughs> If there's too many things that tire you, it's probably not going to be a successful venture. Yeah. Um, but I think that this is really super cool. I love doing stuff like this, honestly, because what I do is, is um, it's so great, but it's really fun to talk about creativity and dreaming and passion, and I don't get to do that enough. And that's the core of my being beyond what I've taught myself that's who I am and so when I when I read this I was like I'd love to do that that would be fun great like candy it's like I have all these interviews today but this one is the vegan cupcake oh, <laughs> I love being the vegan cupcake you're the vegan <laughs> cupcake with pink vegan icing <laughs> thank you so much oh.